Welcome to Connection with Brian and Nicole Wright. Hello, welcome to Connection with Brian and Nicole. We are so glad you're joining us and uh, we just hope that you are having a great, great week and we hope that it gets even better from here and we're just, thank you for joining us. We uh, consider that an honor and we just thank you. Thank you for listening or watching and, and being a part of this show with us and if you ever need anything, if you have a prayer request or if you have questions, uh, visit connectionshow.org and you can enter those there. You can also watch and listen to a bunch of different episodes and one of the things that you may want to do is we've been talking about Reset uh, for quite some time now, and today we're going to talk about Reset Your View, but one of the things that uh, you, know, you may feel, if you feel left out in any part of this or you feel like, what are they talking about, please go back, listen to them over and over again if you want to, and uh, catch up, because this, this, when I was preaching this series on Reset, one of the things that came to me was that I truly believe for a Christian, for a believer, uh, and even if you're not a Christian, even if you're not a believer, this is probably what we're talking about, Reset, an intimate fellowship with God. This is probably the most important thing that you could ever get a hold of. Yeah. Um, and I believe that that's scriptural. It's not, I believe this is the heart of God saying that uh, through scripture, not just me making it up. And so it's, it's a big, big issue. And um, one of the things that I wanted to do right off the bat is just kind of go back and define reset. Yeah. Um, I know that uh, one of the things, I, I was, I'm going to just let you do this, is the difference between a relationship and fellowship because there is a difference between oh, yeah. those two terms and you want to take that different um you know we have a relationship because brian is my husband and i'm an, i am his wife but you can look all through society and there are plenty of marriages that have that relationship but they have no fellowship that's right you know the husband may stay in the living room watching sports or whatever and you know Start say the wife's in her sewing room, but people don't sew anymore. Um, you know, so the wife may be in her bedroom watching, you know, home and garden TV or something, and there's no fellowship, there's no connection, no intimacy. They right. have the relationship. They got a piece of paper that says they are husband and wife, but without that intimate fellowship, they don't even really know each other. Right. You know, they may know I'm married to Mr. Right, well, I'm married to Mrs. Right, but who are they? And that intimate fellowship is where you truly get to know who God is. You know, you know that he is, you may know that he's your Lord, hopefully, um, but who is he? And so, you know, where Brian said that this is one of the most messages you'll ever hear, series you'll ever hear, the reason is because although you may have a relationship, God and child of God, until you have that intimate fellowship and you know every aspect of who God is, you're not going to have the life that he wants you to have. Right. That's why so many Christians are starving, yeah. looking for something more. And that's why so much of the world is looking for something real because Christians don't even have it because they don't have that intimate fellowship. They don't know who God the Father is. They don't yeah. know his heart for who he wants who He wants to be to them and for them. Yeah, and that... Um in Revelation chapter 2, mm -hmm. uh, verses 1 through 5, Jesus is speaking to uh, the church at Ephesus. 
And one of the things he does is he paints this picture of the church that on the surface looks like it's doing awesome. It's doing all these things. It's doing all this work, and it looks great. But then he comes down and says, but I have this against you. You've left your first love. And then he goes on to say, if you don't repent, in other words, if you don't turn around and go back to your first love, I will remove you from your place. So in other words, all the works that they were doing, everything that they had going on, it looks great on the surface, but in the eyes of Jesus and in the heart of the Father, what's more important is the first love. That intimate fellowship is more important than all the works that they're doing. That's why I say it's the most important thing that you can ever get a hold of as a believer. Yeah. And even if you're not a believer, when you understand what God offers you through Jesus Christ, he's not sitting there mad at you. Second uh, Corinthians five seventeen through 22, I believe it is, 21 or 22. It talks about the fact that he is not holding the trespasses against the world. Right. Right. Not Christians, the, the world, world, everybody. everybody. And if he, he's not mad at you. He's already sent his son to take and pay the price so that the world can be made right with him. So all of a sudden you look at God, even if you don't know him, you can say, wow, he would do that for me when I was his enemy? And the answer is yes, and it's awesome. And the more you get into that fellowship, mm-hmm. not just relationship, and see, that's where a lot of Christians are at. They, they feel like they have their ticket punch for heaven. Right. I know him. He knows me. My name's in the Lamb's Book of Life. But yet, it's just like a husband and wife that are married, but they never actually talk to each other. They're just passing each other in life. And that's what the relationship is. That's the relationship with God without fellowship is. And they're, they're having no fellowship. Um, one of the things that I like thinking about is, um, and I've told this story multiple times, is when you and I first started dating, um, you know, I remember one of the times that you went home, uh, you know, and we had been spending the afternoon together. You went home that evening. I'm sitting there, and I, you know, just kind of sit back into the couch. And because you had been sitting there, you had a perfume on, mm-hmm. and a whiff of that perfume came out of the couch, and I was just thinking, Oh, I like her so much. I did, I wasn't in full love at that point, but <laughs> <laughs> I was close. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you like that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> she, you loved me, though. <laughs> See, she did. <laughs> See? But, yeah, it blessed me. I was sitting there, and I was like, man, I, you know, and I was actually, I really, really, really fell for uh, her Uh, pretty hard and quick and it was awesome but I remember that moment sitting there when that whiff of your perfume came out and the reason why that was was because we had been hanging out together we were in fellowship and that is what we're talking about and um, this is what we've written is uh, one of the things is that reset is going back to our first love of God before corruption set in Reset uh, sets us back to a continuous heavenly fellowship with our Father. A reset is not feelings or warm and fuzzies. It is unconditional giving back and forth between you and God. That's what a reset is. 
And we talked about the proofs of reset. We haven't talked about that in a few weeks. But the proofs of reset is when you're actually in a reset fellowship, uh, you've got three proofs. You want to cover those? Yeah, you've got um, presence. There's, you're going to feel that presence with him, and you're going you're gonna to provide your presence to him as well. Um, <laughs> you said presence. I was like, is it presence? We get over presence. <laughs> it's like <Yeah>. Luke. <laughs> After Luke's birthday and Christmas, he's like, presents, presents? That's not the presents you were talking about. We're talking about. These are not the presents you're looking for. (laughs) Oh, Lord. (laughs) That was awesome. That was a great reference. And then there's prayer. Something Brian needs right now. There's going to be lots of prayer. And then proclaiming. You're going to proclaim him as Lord, as your king, as your father, as your ditty, um, as somebody that you long to be with. You know, that um, I I rolled my eyes and was picking with him when he was talking about the dating and stuff. But, you know, when we we first start dating, when we first fall in love, that's all we could think about. Yes. You know, I remember working and I watched the clock and I watched the door so much that my coworker looked and goes, Nicole, a watch pot never boils. (laughs) But all I could think about was getting off work and getting to my boyfriend's house. And, you know, it was... I. I lived for him, you yeah. know. I I designed my schedule around him, and you know what I I wore, what I knew he'd like. I'd wore, wear a perfume that I knew he'd like, and it was the same way with God. I mean, I remember yeah. to this day exactly where I was the moment I got saved, yeah. the moment I entered into that fellowship with God, and there was just I couldn't get enough of God. I wanted His Word day and night. I wanted to know more of how to walk with Him and talk with Him and. I wanted to tell everybody about this Jesus and yeah. how awesome he was. And, you know, and that's the reset fellowship. That's, that's the, the proof the of, of reset. It's the, it's the presence with him all the time. It's praying and talking to him all the time. And it's proclaiming to the world who he is. And yeah. it's, it's beautiful. Yeah. The proofs being, you know, if you're hanging out in the presence of God, you start to get some of him on you. Yeah. Um, you're going to start smelling like yeah. him and looking like him. You're not going to ask silly prayers if God is really with you yeah. and real to you. You're not asking silly prayers. And when you do ask for something in prayer or say something in the will of God, with God being with you, you are expecting it to happen. Yeah. You're, not, you're not in doubt. You're not in worry or concern whether or not this is going to happen. This, it's happening. Why? Because God's right here. Yeah. So your prayers start getting answered and then your prayers start getting answered. You start hanging out in the presence of God. You're going to be telling people about it. Well, and not only, your, not only your words telling people, but your life is going to be proclaiming him. You know, because as you're praying the will of God, as you're in intimate fellowship with him, you know his will. So yeah. you know how to pray stuff. So you are going to see results with your prayers. Your life, whether you say the, the name of Jesus or not, your life is going to proclaim him. Yes, yeah. And that you, you start talking like that, and then all of a sudden you start seeing what the world is looking for but yeah. not seeing in the church is because, uh, you know, last week we were talking a lot about, you know, having that intimate fellowship with the Father and it, it being, uh, two weeks ago, it being your own, and last week talking about it being with the Father, um, it has to be yours. You have to be in it in a spiritual way, not just a physical, fleshly way. And all of a sudden, uh, if we see believers, we see Christians doing that, the church is putting off a whole 
uh, different vibe, so to speak. Yeah. The church all of a sudden is carrying a whole different energy about it, and it's the power of God. It's the it's the life and the light of God. And, um, you know, this is it, it's one of those pieces that the more we talk about this, the more you realize this is what's missing. Yeah. And this is why Jesus put it back in Revelation and said, Look, you've got to have this. You've got to have this first love. This is why. I don't care what you're doing. All that stuff is going to come to an end if you don't get an intimacy mm -hmm. with me. That's why Jesus made it important. Yep. And it really is. It, it's so, so important. And, um, you know, last week, I, I believe the you know next little bit of this, we're going to be packing a lot of stuff in the rest of this show, but... Um, last week we were talking about having a daddy, having a loving father, and we talked about not being orphans, right? And but even though his heart is always towards us, yeah, we can orphan ourselves by not desiring him. Uh, we can also orphan ourselves by having the wrong view of him. In other words, if we see him as a really mean God, then we won't come to him when we need something. Yeah. And all of a sudden, our view of him has separated us and disconnected us from him. Our view of him has orphaned ourselves. So we're talking today really about reset your view. And uh, you, know, I, I wrote this, my children can pretty much hang out with me at any time. They want to, but they won't if their view of me is wrong. Uh, children with a wrong view of their father do not have true fellowship with him. Yeah, that's worthy of saying again. Uh, ch children with a wrong view of their father do not have true fellowship with him. And uh, this next little piece, I, I want you to kind of bear with us because um, it kind of jumps on maybe some sacred sacred cows here. And I, I want to make sure that um, they don't hurt you as we topple them over. So, so get out your steel toe boots. That'd be good. <laughs> Do you want to jump in this or you want me to? Go ahead. I'll jump in in a minute. Okay. Um, so one of the ways is we our view needs to be correct of God. And one of the ways is uh, the printed word, yep. the Bible. Um, I know people that they have a relationship with this Bible. Yeah. And that's good. That's not a bad thing until... It replaces their relationship it replaces with him. the living word. Yep. And that's a big deal. I've, I've seen people that will go to this and go to this and go to this, and they still, they have relationship with the Father, but not fellowship. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you know, even God in John chapter 1 said, look, there was the word, you know, in the beginning of time, mm -hmm. but he moved it into the place where it said, the word became flesh. Yeah. And it became flesh so that intimacy can happen. And so the point of this word is to paint an accurate picture. The point of the Bible and the, the written word, the printed word, is to paint an accurate picture of God. But here's the thing. A lot of times our biases that we take into that can adjust the strokes of the picture that's being painted. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we need to see... Uh, the word as a portrait of the love of God and go into it without any bias, mm -hmm. 
We need to go into it without any of our pet doctrines. We need to go into it even being, in other words, allowing God to be God. He's big enough to help guide you through the process. And, and there's a few things that I would say when you're establishing your picture of God. That here's four things that I would really look at. Number one, God is love. And he's the best idea of love that you can possibly have. God is love. Number two, we are to accept him with the faith of a child. That means that we're going to accept him not with all the logic that an adult brings to the table, but we're going to accept him with the faith of a child. Yeah. Number three, uh, God needs to be your source for everything. The moment that something else becomes your source, you're, you're moving outside of that. And when you're establishing doctrine, you need to make sure who's, who's the source. I know that some people take certain scriptures and they'll use that as a reason to go and uh, work incredibly hard so that they burn their fingers to the bone. And yet in 1 Corinthians 13.3, it shows that you can burn yourself out and still not be in love. Right. So you've got to understand that God is always your source. So, And number four is God always gets the glory. And so no matter what you're doing or how you're establishing it, when you're looking at the things of God and painting the picture of God that you become intimate in fellowship with, make sure that you see uh, doctrine and your beliefs through the love of God, the faith of a child, God is your source, and that he gets the glory. This, these are important things to take in mind because otherwise our portrait of God, our picture of God in our mind and in our heart becomes warped. And then all of a sudden... We're not actually fellowshipping with the living word. That's right. Yeah. Well, and it was what I was thinking of was um, girls and fairy tales. You know, they, they grow up watching princesses and, you know, Prince Charming or whatever. And then we go into marriage with this tainted view of right. what marriage is going to be like. We go in thinking he's going to be Prince Charming. He's going to you know, riding on a white horse, you know, our knight in shining armor. And then, you know, so we fall in love with the fairy tale idea instead of having the intimate fellowship with the man of God that he has sent us. Right. You know, so then when we get married and although it may be a man of God that right. God has sent us, you know, and he will, he'll send you a man of God. But although he may have been sent by God, we are so busy falling in love with the fairy tale idea that we don't have the relationship with him. And he is a man. Yeah. So he will make mistakes and we will learn and grow together. But then when he makes those mistakes, suddenly our fairy tale picture is all messed up. and It doesn't match up. Right. When it yeah. doesn't balance, when he's not that knight in shining armor that we grew up as little girls seeing, then suddenly our whole premise, our whole idea of what marriage is supposed to be falls apart. Yeah. Um, and it's it's so much like God, you know. We we have the relationship with that picture. Um, they never we were think. in love with the person. Right. They were, they in, were in love, love with, with the, the idea. Yes, with yeah. the fairy tale idea instead of the man that he actually yeah. was. You have people serving God today that are in love with the idea of him being a harsh and judgmental God. Yes. You're, you have people that are uh, in love with the idea 
that he gives, 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 and never corrects. Mm-hmm. You know, neither one of those ideas are correct. No. Neither one of them is biblically sound. Neither one of them is fully accurate. There's pieces of that in both. God is a protector. I mean, he 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 cares about you. He will protect you. He's Absolutely. in covenant with you. Um, and somebody comes against you, they're coming against God. Yeah. You know? But at the same time, he will correct me. Yeah. <laughs> he, he will challenge me, you know. So he will love you yes. enough to tell you that yes. you're wrong. You know, and the thing is, when, you know, we talk about people having a fellowship with the word and, you know, with staying in this Bible, the fact of the matter is, if you truly get into this Bible, it is going to point you to the living word yes. every time. Yes. Yeah. You know, but we have to get off that biased picture of, well, this is what it's saying because, you know, like Brian said, you've got to put away that doctrine, that um, false idea of what it's saying. When you go into the, the written word of God, ready to receive, it will every time point you to the living word of Amen. God. There's, you know, we have a portrait of love versus a real relationship. Um, let, me, let me throw this at you. As our environment that we grow up in, it is constantly proposing thoughts to us about God. Mm-hmm. Uh, the devil is constantly proposing thoughts, and your flesh is constantly proposing thoughts. And even preachers out of the wrong heart and maybe not an understanding or not taking the full counsel of the world word, they will propose thoughts, and all of a sudden every thought is a brushstroke on the picture that you have with God. And if my view, I'll go back to this statement, children with a wrong view of their father do not have true fellowship with him. So it's very important for us to open up ourselves, go into the word, let the Holy Spirit minister to us and show us his love made manifest, to accept his love as a child, to see him as the source and give him the glory. And again, the perfect example of that is the Pharisees. John 5, 38 says this, Uh, Jesus is talking, he says, You do not have his word abiding in you, for you do not believe him whom he sent. You search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life. Listen to that statement. And we talked about eternal life with this. He says, You think in the scriptures you have eternal life. He says, It is these, the scriptures, that testify about me, Jesus is saying. And you are unwilling to come to me so that you might have life. In other words, Jesus is putting right there a separation between the scriptures and the living spirit, the living person of Christ. He's showing that there's a difference between the two, and it's him that you need faith in. I wrote this, so many have a portrait in their mindset that has been tainted and then they have a relationship with just the picture or the image of God. Uh, When we did this series, one of the things that I did is I took a picture of Jesus that I could use like dry erase markers on, right? And I drew different features in the face and, and, you know, if you can imagine each line was a different doctrine that the world believes, and all of a sudden, by the end of it, you know, seeing was, God as the one striking down. He was unrecognizable. You couldn't even recognize yep. him. And yet, how weird would it be for us to walk around with the earth loving on that picture? That would be strange. People would look at us like we're weird because it is weird. It's abnormal because we're not to be in love with a picture. We're to be in love 
with the man, yeah. Jesus, with, with God. Uh, he, listen to this. This is John okay. 5, 37 through 40. Do you want to read? It's awesome. Yeah, right. I, I love this, these scriptures. In the message. Yeah, in the message translation, John 5, 37 through 40, says, The Father who sent me confirmed me, and you missed it. You mm. never heard his voice. You never saw his appearance. There is nothing left in your memory of his message because you do not take his messenger seriously. You have your heads in your Bibles constantly because you think you'll find eternal life there, but you miss the forest for the trees. These scriptures are all about me. Yeah. And here I am standing right before you, and you aren't really willing to receive from me the life you say you want. You know, and... And I like Ooh. this, not because it doesn't step on my toes, because it has, because every one of us have done this before. But he says in verse 40, here I am. Right. I'm standing right before you. Right. You know, and I want to give you the life you want. Yes. I mean, he's, it's like, let me, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, and that right there is the heart of the father. When, yeah. we, when we have that relationship, that intimate fellowship with him, we realize the whole time he's there yeah, wanting to give us everything we could imagine and more. Yeah. I'm going to power pack this next minute. Are you ready? Go. <laughs> All right. So Acts 17 tells us this, that the Bereans mm -hmm. would take what is preached and go back and study the word. They would not just believe what was said to them. They would go back and see if it lined up. Not even with the from picture their pastor. that God wrote yeah. himself. Yes. And so our job is to compare what was proposed, the thoughts, the ideas, what the world brings to us in any way with correct mind renewal through the picture that God's given us. Yeah. But then to apply that to the person. Here's some of the areas of, of correcting our view, like the prodigal son. You know, here's the prodigal son who thought he had to receive it all at one time. He thought his dad was mad at him. Mm -hmm. he, he said, I'll go back and be a servant. And he went back to the Lord. He went back and what did he find his dad doing? S running to him with, with open, open arms. arms. That's your father. That's what you were saying earlier in that yeah. verse 40. The adulterous lady. You know, here she is standing before Jesus. They're expecting Jesus to pick up stones and, th and kill this lady, the heart of God says, you're free. Now go and sin no yep. more. The, the church says, go sin no more. Then you can come be with us. Jesus completely flipped that because he did everything in the heart of God. Yeah. Romans 8, you know, a lot of times we'll take condemnation on. Romans 8 says, if you're in Christ Jesus, if you've accepted that, then you are accepting that there's now and therefore no condemnation in Jesus. This is all view correction. Romans 8, 16 and 17. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, heirs also, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him so that we may also be glorified. He wants to glorify you. He wants to make you an heir. This is, he wants to be your father. He wants mm -hmm. to be, you know, daddy, father. That's what he wants to be for you. And he's sitting there with his arms open. The picture that the Bible gives us is he's sitting there, even though we've messed that up and screwed it up so many times, he's sitting there with open arms going, 
I'm still here for yeah. you. I, I still love you. I still want to be a part of your life. I still want to be your father, your dad. So the question is now, will, will you fellowship with him on a spiritual level? Level. Will you desire your daddy, your father? Will you allow your wrong view of the father to be corrected right now? And right now, inside of you, you may be going, all right, Lord, I want to believe what Brian and Nicole are talking about. And right now, you can. All you got to do is say, Lord, as a child, I believe the good things that you pronounced about yourself. And so pray with me. Father, I just ask you right now, forgive me. Forgive me for my wrong thinking. Forgive me for my wrong view. Lord, right now, I turn around and I head towards you. I believe in Jesus as my Savior. I believe in Him as my Lord, the director of my life. I believe, Father, that you brought Him back to life and brought me back to life with Him. You raised Him up and you raised me up with Him to be, just as your Word says, a fellow heir of Christ. Lord, thank you for saving me. Thank you for resetting me. Thank you for making me fresh and new in you again. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you for being with us today. We just praise God for you. Thank you for being a part of us. Always you can go and you can connect with us at connectionshow.org. Good to see you. Have a great day and a great week. Bye. (laughs) Thank you for joining Brian and Nicole on this week's broadcast of Connection. Connection is all about connecting you more intimately with Jesus. Through that, we want to help you find your joy again and really live. Contact us or watch more shows online at connectionshow.org. We love you. Have a great week.